This is garage. No. Nope. 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 Start over. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Is it Garden Stores or Center? I've asked that before. Garden Stores. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 164, May 23, 2019. Well, you had to have Aquaside on this day in 2012 because it was 89 degrees and 28 degrees in downtown Garage Logic. It got as low as 28 on this day in 1963. And now. From the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media. You can't get me John today, Hyde in the newsroom. Positive And person. occasionally uh, Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. Positivity. Your mayor, Joe Souchere. Joshua from the newsman's neck of the woods in Andover. This has to come back somehow. Maybe sometime in the beginning of the show, and it could shut the morons up for a while, they could uh, call, Hail the Flashlight King, and you respond, Hail you. So, somebody give me a little hail. Hail, hail the, flashlight the Flashlight King. King. Hail you. Okay. See, people miss that, back. apparently. Got hail you. Got it. Just a minute, I got Is that the same Josh that was at Grunhoffer's? I live by Johnny? Uh, probably. I think his name was Josh. Probably. Yeah. Uh, and this guy, uh, Keith in Montana, yeah. Keith Olson in Terry, Montana. Hail the Flashlight King. Hail you. Hail you. And his band of court jesters, it appears that once you city, it's get out of your light pollution. He didn't say city, as he said city dwellers. Oh. Get outside of your light pollution. You have a good chance at seeing the northern lights over the next couple of nights. Okay. That's very positive. I will it? look for Is those. Is that positive? Very positive. And we're, we should have clear skies on, I believe, Saturday and Sunday. Rick Anderson, a bid for a ray of hope. One of my granddaughters, Ava, a second grader, brought a pamphlet home from school a couple of days ago. With the current euphoria and trends today, my daughter was so shocked about the pamphlet she, that she posted a pic of it on Facebook. I, too, was surprised and very pleased to see the subject matter. And it was the uh, proper way to respect and display the American flag. Wow. Here, here. Uh, you here, got a ray of hope for that? You got a ray of hope for that? You got a ray of hope for that. It's on the main sure. page. I can't find it right off the bat. Oh, that's, that's a ray of hope. Here, 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 here. Here's today's ray of hope. And uh, Howard writes, uh, after hearing you sing again on the Tuesday, May 21st, 29 podcast, I've rethought my position. I was rather harsh in my criticism of your efforts towards musical harmony, and I owe you and the University of Garage Logic Men's Chorus an apology. <laughs> what I realize really stems from your comments about the podcast being a family. Family often renders opinion without fully understanding what is being observed in their siblings, and I did so here. As a musician, I'm embarrassed to admit that I didn't take into account that singing is a truly uniting experience that the fledgling efforts of the University of Garage Logic Men's Chorus need my support, not criticism. Again, my apologies. Sing on, my brothers. Howard Cleary's. That positive? Okay, that's wow. very positive. Sure, but I don't know if our singing is that positive. It's, it's not. And uh, uh, you know, Sandy, our quilter. Sure. Yes. So Garage Logic has an official quilter, Sandy Irish. We met her at the fair years ago. Mm-hmm. She's a she's a champion. She's a champion. Right. Blue ribbon. Uh, and she said, you know, although the dress barn has an unfortunate name, I've brought several nice I brought several nice items there. Recently purchased earrings. While in Houston a few years back, I found the dress shoes I had with me were way too uncomfortable as I was on my feet several hours at the International Quilt Market. Found a replacement at Dress Barn in downtown Houston. Saved my feet that weekend. Sandy, the GL quilter. 
We isn't stand corrected. Isn't that positive? Absolutely. Very isn't positive. that positive? Rookie here for Dress Barn. Let's go. Oh, wait, they're closing. Uh, well, that's wait. true. Damn it. Uh, hi, my dad, Tom DiMartino, is an avid loyal listener and has been for as long as I can remember. I'm 33. He listens to your podcast while working out each day now, too. Wednesday, May 22nd, was his 68th birthday. Uh, I don't know why I didn't see this email before today. Well, it came in It, it came in late yesterday. Uh, do you think you could do me a favor and give him a happy birthday? It would really make his day, and he'd... He'd like that more than anything I could buy him. He's also a Hill High School alum, if that helps. Thanks so much, Tommy DiMartino. We how, don't do... Uh, how old is he? He's uh, 68 oh, yesterday. That's too bad. We, we, don't, uh, we don't wish people happy birthdays. Uh, t- Tom DiMartino, 68. <laughs> we don't do that, dude. Yeah. Even though he went to Hill, we can't wish him a happy I can't, birthday? I can't, He's 68. It's I can, his birthday. You know? I can't amend the rules. Good luck. Positive Thursday. <laughs> America's largest cities are shrinking. People are moving away from the tallest buildings in the country. I find that to be positive. What? Well, that's positive. They're catching on. They don't want to be led by Marxist, socialist, people ruling from the salon. I thought we just heard the other day that the the opposite is happening. We have a housing shortage. I'm telling you, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, Here it is. Here it is. America's largest cities are shrinking, but a few in the Southwest are continuing to boom. Fort Worth, Texas is now the 13th most populous U.S. city. Uh, surpassing both San Francisco and Columbus, Ohio, according to newly released population estimates from the Census Bureau. Uh, besides Fort Worth, the 15 most populous cities were largely unchanged from the prior year. However, the three largest U.S. cities, New York, L.A., and Chicago, shrank. Wow. They shrank. Interesting. Very interesting. Do you find it surprising that people are leaving no, Chicago? No, I think it's a ray of hope. Get the hell out while you still can. About 39% of Americans live in cities with more than 50,000 inhabitants, yet these cities make up only a fraction of total land. Population in cities of that scale have increased the fastest. That's why you can't get rid of the Electoral College. Uh, the Electoral College represents the land of the United States. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you get rid of it, you're going to be governed only by New York, Chicago, right. and L.A. Uh, so there, that's, I find that positive that uh, people, maybe, are, maybe it's a reaction to, to being so frequently ruled from the salon. Okay, my, pr- I predict though that it won't remain positive down the road. That's gonna be. It's gonna if they're turning over like that, that will eventually be negative. A few weeks ago, uh, you guys recall that we we discussed at length the document or not documentary, but the news piece. Seattle is dying. Yeah. Uh, we attempted to get the guy on. He just re- didn't want to do any interviews because it became so politicized. And then a few weeks after that. We had a listener send us one very similar, but based on San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Go ahead and get your real estate in San Francisco right now. Mm-hmm. It's it's bad. Wow. Yeah. Say, I want to remind you a great event at EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake this Saturday. What are they doing? A Yamaha Get Out and Ride Demo Day and a barbecue from 10 to 3. Woo! Probably with grunt offers. They're going to feature Yamaha bikes, e-bikes, scooters, ATVs, youth dirt bikes, side-by-sides. You're going to find the lowest prices of the year on everything Yamaha in stock, and they offer financing to those who qualify, and special deals on all Bintelli e-bikes and all in-stock scooters. The Bintelli e-bike is fascinating. I'm getting one. I, I seriously am getting one. I just, my calendar is so fouled up at the moment. I haven't had a weekend yet to get up there. I've ridden on two, the, the fat tire and the regular tire, and uh, they are very maneuverable. No other store in Minnesota offers an on-the-floor display of electric bikes that compares to what you're going to find at EcoFun, right downtown Forest Lake. 
And at EcoFun, you will not pay the crazy prices they charge for e-bikes at uh, shops that exclusively sell uh, bicycles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we haven't abandoned the cylinder index, as they say, full line of Yamaha motorcycles, generators. And they're having uh, a Yamaha event this weekend. This weekend, Saturday, May 25th, 10 to 3, get up there and test drive anything you want, ecofunmotorsports.com. Perfect. Those uh, scooters, by the way, they should rename those, those, those little lime ones that you see scattered. Everywhere. They should just be called, set it there. Set it there. See that scooter? Set it right there. They're just literally on the middle of a sidewalk. There's one right out front of the station right now. I was driving by the cathedral this morning. And there's two just laying just, on the, just dead. Set just, it there. Just set it there. Did they stop in for mass, or did <laughs> no, they just they were, run they were, on they were, a... They were literally collapsed on each other, laying on the sidewalk. Two I don't these scooters. I don't get it. I don't either. Is somebody making a whole bunch of money? That's positive. <sighs> Probably. Set it there. Probably. <laughs> you recall I mentioned when we were uh, getting into our singing problem, the Garage Logic Men's Chorus, uh, we got into a little problem because we were singing Take It Easy. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, you know, I've stood on that corner in Winslow, Arizona, and mm-hmm. I, I tried to tell you the story about the Harvey girls that worked on the trains. Right. Uh-oh. Well, Big John writes, Harvey girls were well-trained waitresses at many of the stops on the Southern Pacific Railroad. Winslow was one of the stops at the Hotel La Pasota. Mrs. Big John and I stayed there and had breakfast in the old Fred Harvey restaurant. Harvey girls have been credited with civilizing the West because they were well-trained in etiquette and were well-mannered bringing civility to cowboys and other settlers in the Wild West. Research Fred Harvey or Harvey girls to learn they were not on the trains, but at the stops. Oh, that's, I didn't know that. Early rail travel required frequent stops for water and wood or coal. Early restaurant tours uh, in with in collusion with the railroad would serve rotten overpriced meals that were brought to the patron as the whistle blew to reboard. Fred Harvey introduced clean, civil dining at these stops, and these trained women married, they were a great catch, the cities they, and these trained women married, boy, Big John can't write. The cities they lived in were civilized. That is the short story of this. What was he trying to say there? They, they would marry and they would be a great catch to uh, to Maybe marry. they would settle in those uh, I did love your line, though. You said the, the boys from town would take their bath. As in, yeah. that, that would happen once a month. Right, here you go. <laughs> Monday. Uh, Greg Keller says, telephone numbers of people in Brainerd area who owned your father's boat. These numbers and people were written on a post-it note placed inside a copy of your book, Waterline, that I found at a thrift store. Why does everyone always get Waterline at a thrift store? Yeah, that's where I got my copy. Yeah. I didn't pay much attention to it, meaning the post-it note, until I got to page 100. The name Gil Goddard's caught my eye. He and his wife were the first names on the note along with their phone number. Other names and numbers are listed also. Could be the children or relatives. Some may be dead by now, as listings are from 1996 phone book. If you like, I can make a copy and mail it to you at the station. Uh, Who knows? There may be leads to where the boat was from 1971 to 1980. I I don't think those phone numbers have anything to do with me. I think it's somebody who owned the boat, uh, the book, book. scratched some numbers and some people down. I I know where the boat was between 71 and 80. Where? I don't know. No, I do know. (laughs) It was was behind a bank in Princeton, Minnesota. Where is it now? Uh, Now it's... uh, uh, where did it end up? It's in... Lauren still doesn't have it, does he? No, it's in... Uh, uh, is it in Omaha? For real? Yeah, it's in Omaha. 
Well, for the listener that doesn't know what you're speaking of, the history of the boat. Waterline was the name I gave a 1938 17-foot Chriscraft boat that I restored, and it happened to have been owned by our family 50 years previously. And a guy helped me find it, and I restored it and wrote a book about it. And uh, uh, But it, it got to the point where uh, boating is a pretty labor-intensive hobby if you live in the middle of the city, mm-hmm. you know? I remember numerous times going over to your house to flip a boat. Yeah, and then touch wet marination. And you know the the book <laughs> the book was touching. I did read it. You had your dad in there, and he was in the you know the uh, garage with you as you're learning how to do all this stuff. No, not really. He had nothing to do with the restoration of the boat. Well, he didn't he was help. Nowhere but, near. He was no, nowhere he near. didn't. I remember garage scenes where Bud was, was watching you, and yeah. here's your <laughs> waxing poetic about this. Uh, but um, it, the book really didn't sell that much. And and Pat told Pat, Pat had a solution. What was Pat's solution again? Uh, you should have had more sex and death to the Ayatollah. <laughs> it was because uh, what is it, the guy's name that uh, ripped the Ayatollah in his in his book? Uh, I can't remember. You should have said no. And, it was at the time of Salman Rushdie. That's it, Salman Rushdie. And, you know, became world famous for his. And Pat said, why didn't you do it Salman and rush you? Tell him you hate the Ayatollah and put some sex in there. My old man hated the Ayatollah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go get him, boys. Yeah. <laughs> you you make some, yes. If you want to make some money, you got to do a little market. You do a little, so has any part of you ever wanted to re, uh, re-obtain no. said boat? No. Really? No. Hmm. No. Not even for nostalgic purposes? No. For, that's the only reason I had it in the first place. Which is the one that you put in the drink and it just... <laughs> Uh, well, that's uh, that's that's a story that uh, is not positive, Matt. Ah, well, it's making me laugh. That's positive. I'm sure it is, but uh, yes. that's not a story that's very positive. All right, so very we'll, positive uh, at all. Maybe we'll think about that. Have you noticed the consolidation happening to commercial insurance agencies today? This is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group. The big just keep getting bigger, and you and your business continue to get passed around until you become a dreaded house account. You have been consolidated. All of this was done to you without your control. Get options and take control of your company's insurance program. Have the Canopy Group help you gain a commercial insurance strategy that makes your business more attractive to the insurance industry. The more insurance companies that we can get interested in your business, the more competitive your pricing will be. If your business is renewing in March, April, or May and is paying less than $80,000 in premium, don't accept being a house account. Get the attention you deserve with the Canopy Group. Visit thecanopygroup.com or call 800-967-3389. 800-967-3389. The Canopy Group. He's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Sushiro. Uh, I am prepared for today's first challenge. I've got your uh, I've got your challenge right here, Let's sir. Let's explain what a challenge is. Preferably, they're audio, and you are trying to trip me up. You are trying to prevent me from being positive on Positive Thursday. We are, and uh, this is very intentional. The Reavers has been the only one to su- succeed so far. I have failed each and every time when mm-hmm. I thought I had a solid uh, story, and I believe I have one now because what's going on in politics is not positive. This right. is 100% negative. And now this is the latest that Nancy Pelosi has just said 
uh, earlier uh, this morning. And let's uh, hit play here. Uh, but I, I can only think that he wasn't up to the task of figuring out the difficult choices of how to uh, cover the cost of what the important infrastructure legislation uh, that we had talked about three weeks before. So, uh, so, but the president again stormed out. I think what first pound the table, walk out the door. What next time have the TV cameras in there while I have my say. That didn't work for him either. And now this time, another ten temper tantrum. Uh, um, again, I pray for the president of the United States. I wish that his family or his administration or his staff would have an intervention for the good of the country. I really do not think in this very important time in our country with uh, this uh, left and the right split the president halfway in the middle sometimes because he's not even buddies with the right. Uh, we got some problems. Mm -hmm. How are you going to uh, spin this horrible negative mess into a positive? Well, what she's referring to was uh, she and Schumer uh, went to a meeting with Trump, presumably to talk about infrastructure legislation. That's Beavis and Botox, correct? Yes. That's Beavis and Botox. And uh, he went, he would refuse to talk to them unless they stopped. Uh, 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 looking into his past, and so then he went out into the rose garden and and he pouted. This is all negative. Thank you for pointing he, this out. He pouted. He pouted. But you didn't play me him. You played me her. And the challenge for me is to uh, absolutely very easy. By the way, oh, it's not. Oh, this is a very easy one. In the, the? Uh, in the in the Marxist environment that has become the Democratic side of Washington. Uh, you have a woman here uh, not afraid to publicly say that she's publicly praying for the president. That's your twist? That's, that's all that's... I got. It's pretty weak, isn't it? <laughs> well, it, okay, on, that, on the line, it is, it is over the positive side. But, uh, okay, I guess, yeah, that, that the fact that she's concerned and is asking for prayers. Prayers, prayers. Okay, you yeah. know what? Yeah. Joe, it is not easy being no. the mayor, is it? No, I, uh, that thank you, was Cheryl. very, very positive, Joe. Thank you, Cheryl. I, I'm I'm going to consider myself not defeated on that one. Uh, no, you're in the uh, you're in the black. If you were in the red, uh, but it is a sad. It's a really sad situation that we're wasting so much time on all of this, and no work is getting done. I, can he even do? Well, yes. Okay. Well, well, hey. The question has to be asked, though. Can he do what he just did? I'm not. Let, we're not doing anything until you stop. Stop your examination of me. We're not having any legislation. I'm not meeting with you people. I, it's unprecedented, as far as I know. It's probably happened before. Who knows? Are you asking at what point is he forced to do some work rather than just yeah. pussyfoot around? But let me get back to positivity. Okay. Today's Lucky Penny Day. Oh, National Lucky Penny Day. What do you do? Well, that only caught my eye because I pick up a penny if I see it on the sidewalk. I do too. I do too. Well, that's common surface savings and loan for one thing. You guys don't do the flip. What's the flip? No, I just take it. No, if if, if like let's say it's tails down or, or excuse me, tails up, heads down. Yeah. You're supposed to flip it so the head is up. Yeah. So that somebody else can get it to have a lucky day. No, well, I, I, I take it. That's what you do. I didn't know that. Yes. 
Not me. I'm I'm going to keep the penny. <laughs> you remember when we glued, I think it was a quarter at the state fair to the, was it the sidewalk? Or, uh, oh, you did yeah, not. Years and, I mean, it was a long time ago. <laughs> I must have spent a half hour trying to pry that thing off the sidewalk. <laughs> oh, I wish we had that on film. And I got trapped at the fair once with the uh, fishing line on the dollar bill. Oh, yeah. Yes. Walking yes. down, I kept trying to get it. <laughs> uh, many people will always pick a penny up if they find one in the street. But you should make a special effort to today. Hmm. It's National Lucky Penny Day. How about that? Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that fun? That's, really That's very positive. positive. You used to be able to buy things with a penny years ago, but now it actually costs more to make a penny than the face value. Of course, that doesn't stop some people from scooping them up for luck. The first pennies in the U.S. were made of copper back in 1793. Wow. 1793, they were using copper pennies. You know what? You all been laughing at me? Oh, you're going to, here comes the wheat penny. One of these days, those wheat pennies are going to cash in for me, baby. No, I don't, uh, I they're going to, they they're going to be worth something. Hey, Speaking really, of things that cost more to make than they're actually worth. Rare coins. Hello? Oh, rare me. coins. Oh. Wheat pennies are not that rare. They are somewhat, but very, they're not in the rare category. Dear Mayor, Dear Mayor, I run a small cafe by the Brainerd International Raceway, and recently a regular said she was bringing a small class of kids from an alternative school on a field trip to local small farms in the area and wanted to bring them into my cafe for lunch and asked if I had a few minutes to talk to them about entrepreneurship and being a small business owner, as these kids most likely are college-bound. She was looking for any knowledge I could bestow upon them as a small business owner. I just so happened to have made a list of 12 life lessons I learned over my 20 years as a kitchen rat that got me here and I have posted that I have posted in my kitchen for not only the benefit of my staff as to know my expectations of them, but also as a reminder to myself. So I printed off copies for all the kids and chatted with them a bit. uh, And I have, of course, included the list here for you as well. I hope my list gets mayoral approval. I think that these kids being exposed to the idea that they can do hard physical work and be successful and don't need to waste money on the failed academy is a ray of hope of at least a good note for Positive Thursday. Pushing back, Craig, the chef owner of Chameleon Cafe in Brainerd. Kitchen philosophy or 12 lessons I learned at work. Number one, arrive early, ready to work. There you go. That's what I do. There you go. That's positive, Joe. I love that feeling of just arrive walking through early, and <laughs> early, and, ready to work. And hitting it hard and going, you know, yep. this is this is what we got on the agenda for today. Number two, keep your station clean. My station is very clean. Very kempt. It sure is. Very kempt. Number three, don't spend your whole paycheck on payday. I think that's very wise yes, counsel. Very wise counsel. Number four, skills plus attitude plus motivation equals success. There you go. What was number one again? Skill. What was number two? I missed motivation. that. Motivation. What was three? I mean attitude, then motivation. What was four? Success. It equals success. What was the arrive early one? <laughs> that was the first life ah, lesson. Ah, I missed that one. <laughs> For the last 28 years. Number five, proper preparation prevents poor performance. Why are you both looking at me? <laughs> well, it's, it's almost as though he wrote these for you, isn't it? Does he know me? Number six, anger is never a solution to a problem. 
No, we found that out when we had our one fight of the year last that, week, remember? That's right. Ten well, seconds. You know what? You can't even call that a fight. I wasn't. I was yelling. Your gift is eternal happiness. Yeah. See? Not, and that, not arriving. That overrides arrive early yeah. and prepare for work. Uh, it's like a double shot. That's right. Number seven, if you can't stand the heat, stay out of the kitchen. There you go. I've, when I've been making meals, I've told everybody. I think that's a literal one, too. Number eight, learn. Teach if you can, but never stop learning. There you go. Okay. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Number nine, focus on the task at hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you have a little trouble with that. You have a little trouble with uh, any focusing issues. I do. I do. I'm so, very focusing problem. Can, you, can we pause for just a second? Mm-hmm. Rookie yesterday, because I, I want you to tell, I love this story so much. We were back here. The we're mayor, in the middle of the 12 lessons of life. The yes. mayor had left, but Rookie, somehow, for some some reason, you were going through the show notes from the late 90s, yes. I believe. I was, I, was, I was looking for something. And then we had the task at hand story come up, and uh, one of my favorites of all time. Uh, in April, I was given a task by Joe. Talked to for about 20 minutes in the old Maplewood Studios. Not April of just this last month. No, this was April of of 97, I think it was, something, 96. And he said, I want you to do this, and in in four months or whatever it was, whatever amount of time it was, I want you to report back your findings. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember what the task was, but it was pretty daunting. And that's when I said, okay, I got it. I'm up to the task. And then you wanted to add one more thing, and you came out of the studio around the corner, and that's when you found me with the tailor's tape measuring my head, the circumference mm-hmm. of my head. Mm-hmm. And the look on your face there, uh, disappointment wasn't even the word. It was, it, it was below disappointment. You weren't How did mad. We get this far? How did we get this far? I don't know. But then in the show notes in September, yep. four months fast forward, I read it, and it said, Rookie failed miserably on his task given yeah. four months ago. Yeah. Reaver's got a kick out of that. Oh. Number 10, admit mistakes to earn respect, make excuses right to lose respect. Uh, see, admit when you're wrong. I yep. was wrong on that one. Yep. That's right. Yep. Number 11, the only thing you cut with a dull knife is yourself. The only thing you cut with a dull mind is yourself. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And number 12, finally, someone has to do the dishes. I think those are good uh, good lessons. I think that's yeah. They you know what they'll just pile up if somebody doesn't do them. What about the dishwasher? I'm delegating. Well, somebody right. has to load the damn thing. That's right. true. Yeah, unload it. I'm a good loader. See? I hope you're uh, getting ready for the swimming season. It's got a oh geez, did you? Now I'll tell you after I do the Aquaside because okay. I, I love the gang at Aquaside. I don't want to rain on their parade. Uh, Aquaside's been helping people maintain nice lake shores for more than 60 years with a complete line of lake and pond control products that'll take care of everything from weeds to algae. Aquaside products are easy to use. They work right away. They're registered with both the EPA and the DNR. Their products are completely safe for your family, the lake, fish. The uh, lake detective has signed off mm-hmm. on this. Don't let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. Call Aquaside today. They'll help identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. Aquaside, Aqua Clear pellets are another great option to strip dead weeds from the area. Aqua Clear pellets will get the muck out. No permit required. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350. That's 1-800-328-9350. Or go to Aquaside.com. Now, uh, at, uh, what are you going to add? I, I hope Aquaside forgives me for this, because oh. you still have to get your beach ready. Right. But did you see the uh, front page of the Star Tribune today? 
Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. With the long-term uh, weather outlook for the summer here, mm-hmm. cold, wet, and gray. I, uh, I was not positive. That's what I should have given you. Oh, I had, there was no audio to that, though. I can make it positive. How? Work some, work some of your... Wait. Save on sunscreen. <laughs> That's positive. Okay. All right. You want positive? How can you make a, a, a dim, cold, but dreary see, for, weather outlook? But for me, I don't want it to be as humid. Ugh, gross. Oh, I want a shot of Well, humidity. I want 90 and humid every I know day. you do. And that's not going to happen, apparently. And so you're looking for a silver lining? Yeah. No mosquitoes. Ooh. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm. You know what? I'm for that because mm-hmm. when I'm laying out in the hammock and they leave me out there all night, not waking me up, I want to get eaten live. Yeah. Just, oh. I remind my wife. Just leave them there. <laughs> I heard that. Conditions have been about right, too, for the Metropolitan Mosquito Control District to get out in front of the first big batch. As of midweek, the district had treated 35,000 acres in the seven-county metro by dropping granular pellets laced with bacterium called Bacillus theringinesis israelinesis. Nailed it. Larvae ingest the tiny pellets with a texture resembling, resembling grape nut cereal, which kills them on the spot. Well, that, that's uh, that's wonderful. But uh, this this cool, damp weather will uh, apparently is going to keep keep the mosquito population considerably down. Anything isn't that positive? Anything we can do to help keep that mosquito population down? Yes, the bats won't like it. Your friend the bats will not my, care for my that. My friend the bats have the white nose disease. That's not good either. And I'm I'm a big you know I've got turned around completely on bats. I'm a uh, you're pro bat. I'm a big bat guy now. Ever since I had them living, ever since I was supporting entire colony of bats <laughs> at my house. Wait, I thought that was a documentary, or was that the crow? Am I thinking of? Is that when you turned crow? Pro crow? What? You watched something on TV. Was yeah, I it? saw a documentary about crows, but I'm talking about mosquitoes. I'm talking about bats. You're talking now. about bats. Yeah. Then. Yeah, okay. Bats living in his awnings or in the light fixtures. Yeah. That's it. Get up that would freak me out. Mm. I didn't come over for a while. Didn't bother me. I don't like bats. They can get tangled. I'm in not your afraid hair. of nature. I'm not afraid of. I have my my relationship with nature is intact. I know it is, but bats are unpredictable too. I if they get. You know that what rabid. a neighbor took a picture of uh, the other day? Hmm. A fawn. A deer must have given birth to a fawn right on Snelling Avenue. Ooh. Really? There's more wildlife in the damn middle of the city than there is in Brainerd. I, again, just the other day, Edgecombe Road, uh, two days ago, and this is like the fourth time I've seen them. They're just, they're right off of Edgecombe Road in Fairview eating foliage. But this was a fawn with no mother present. Oh, that's odd. Oh, no, did mom take off? And later in the day, the fawn was gone. I hope it wasn't eaten by a fox or a coyote. But what do I care? There's but plenty of deer. Who was the St. Paul rep that said that this is a good sign, that well, nature animal, wants to live here? Well, our animal here. control uh, uh, <laughs> thought it was wonderful to welcome sure, the yeah. coyotes to town, hey, as hey. though they had gone to some housing convention in <laughs> Las Vegas and gotten the brochures and said, let's move to St. Paul. <laughs> Fellas, this is where we're going. Here we go. Let's go. We're going to take a break, gang. It will be back shortly. Firearm aficionados, remember this name, DKMags.com. It's Kenny here, and DKMags.com is the only gun shop I go to in the Twin Cities. DK Mags is located in New Brighton. They have a full selection of everything and a website that's absolutely amazing and an excellent gunsmith. 
but it's the friendly customer service and vast knowledge without all the attitude that really hooked me. It really doesn't matter if you're a lady looking for your first firearm or just a fella looking for a new toy or information. You will leave DK Mags happy and satisfied. Try out my favorite gun shop, DKMags.com. University of Garage Logic 98, College of Self Esteem, Zip, Nada, Nothing. Here's Joe Souchere. I have some correspondence regarding uh, Alexandria Occasional Cortex attacking cauliflower as colonial. Okay. Got it. Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey said she said that the urban neighborhood should not have to plant cauliflower as it is an example of colonialism and the people that live there should be able to grow what they like to eat. No, cauliflower is recommended because Doritos don't grow well in that soil. <laughs> oh, see. Here is uh, Dave from Alexandria, one of the guy. Yep. He's got the new MAGA hats for 2020. What? Oh, really? Are Make they still Alexandria red? grow avocados. <laughs> Make Alexandria garden again. Mm. Make Alexandria go away. Make a gaff again. That would be Joe Biden's has, hat. Uh, hat. And Make Amy get angry. Someone <laughs> get the senator a fork. But boom, boom. I've got a email from a listener joe uh listener uh, kelsey uh said i was listening to yesterday's He's show the chief offsite correspondent indeed i was listening to yesterday's show and joe was uh reading the demands being made by trump's candidate for the post of immigration czar mm-hmm. i was only half paying attention and initially thought you were reading the list of kurt of perks currently being enjoyed at the saint paul school St. Paul School Superintendent, I was relieved to find out that this was not the case. Wow. I want Joe to try to make something positive from that item. We are a month from the days getting shorter. That's not fair. <laughs> that's, off, that's not me. That's I, an I off-site correspondent right. trying to challenge you. That's, that's not fair. <laughs> I have the same email. P.S. I want Joe to try to make something positive from the following item. We are a month from the days getting shorter. That's not fair. <laughs> That's not fair. I agree. It's not fair. Them's the rules. It ain't easy being mayor. Enjoy them while you can. There you are. Enjoy these days while you can. How about that? Well, the, In posi- the cold, damp summer we're going to have. The positivity is that we still have a month to go before we reach peak daylight. There hours. we go. See? Mm-hmm. There you go. But as a member of the Royal Order of 21sters, it is a daunting day when the 21st does arrive. The days hold for, the the nights hold for about a week or two, and then you get that gradual decline. But what do we care? Next winter, we're going to do a week's worth of shows in Phoenix. We're going to do a week's worth of shows on Sanibel Island. I love the Doc Ford idea. Mm -hmm. That would be fun. Yes. I'm not kidding. I'm not either. I mean, I think we got the hammer now. We, uh, see, yeah, yeah, I see. we go there. Speaking of which, uh, I'm prou- not done with AOC and cauliflower. Proud to announce, by the way. Speaking of the 21st, uh, we're partnering again with uh, Back to the 50s MSRA. We're going to be giving away tickets on the show um, for the uh, for that. Is it? It's a weekend, right? But we're it's, not there. We're not going to be there. Uh, yeah. We couldn't make that work, but uh, we are going to be giving away tickets for Back to the 50s. Nice, because they're such great people to work with. Yes, they are. Molly, uh, Bert writes, so cauliflower is colonial. Hmm. My hand to God, the following is true. 
A few years ago, I was at a function that involved the less fortunate among us. In line for some food, I heard someone say, mmm, grapes. And a person nearby said, grapes, that's white people food. Many heads turned. I had to leave the room to expel disgusted laughter. The extent of the ignorance is both unknown and astonishing. The positive is, if this type of stupidity continues to spread, these dummies will starve. Bert, I find that positive. (laughs) Okay. In other words... Uh, thinning the herd? It's going to thin the herd if you're that stupid. <laughs> Nature weeding out the stupid. <laughs> Grapes are white people food? ST writes, ever wonder about certain people thinking it's culturally insensitive to grow cauliflower or actually windmilling? I would think the real reason the folks from Puerto Rico living in New York can't grow their native crops is because their native crops don't grow in the New England climate. I mean, if somebody moved from Florida to Minnesota, they can't grow oranges. It's clearly because the climate is racist. That's why when I retire and move south, I'm going to move south to complain about the lack of birch trees. And I don't care if everyone calls me a son of a birch. My ecological culture needs to be with me wherever I go. Good luck, ST. Son of a birch. Uh, Okay. Dear Mayor, was listening to last week's Positive Thursday podcast and heard AOC bit that stumped you. That's when she was having her a diatribe about her unfortunate experience at a nail salon. Right. I know that you do not need any help doing your job. You are the mayor. But I think I can make that positive. That was a great example that capitalism is alive and well. The person helping her was just trying to upsell her, not shame her. Mm. Just my two cents from God's country, Craig in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Got it. Hail the flashlight king. Hail you. Here is some positive for your Thursday. My name is Noah. I'm a 20-year-old GLer who started listening on the way home from the body shop with my dad after I decided to bypass the failed academy and go straight into the workforce. I graduated in 2017 from Forest Lake High School with Alex Grundhofer, nephew of Spencer. Senior year, Alex, a few buddies, and I turned a 1950 Winnebago camping trailer into an ice house. Every night that we worked on it, the three of us would slave away working on the trailer while Alex offered constructive criticism and grilled us dinner from the Grunhofer old-fashioned meats. It was always fun finding out what he brought to grill while we were working. Love the podcast and keep pushing back. Uh, is it Noah? Noah, yeah. Okay. So even back then, Grunhofer's was taking yeah, care of people. been around for a while. Let me tell you something. You, you wonderful listeners, you make my job too easy. Good afternoon, and hail the Flashlight King. Hail you! Phil here, longtime listener from Champlin. I've been visiting Grunhofer's regularly since your plug on the podcast, and to no surprise, it is not disappointed. I've tried six or seven flavors of brats now, and they've all been fantastic, but I need to thank Reavers for the Philly beef find. So far, that's winning my personal brat bracket. I grabbed a pack of the Rookie Burgers as well on my last stop in, and am eager to give those a shot. After taking... Uh, you up on your recommendations. Let me suggest something to your crew and all the garage logicians out there. Do yourself a favor and grab the beef try tip that you can purchase pre-seasoned with Grunhofer's rub. Agreed. I cannot believe this hasn't been mentioned on the show. It is to die for and hands down one of the best cuts of meat I've ever grilled. Take their recommendation and sear it at 500 degrees for three to four minutes. Uh, aside, then grill in indirect heat until it reaches 135 degrees. You can't go wrong, and I promise that once you taste that succulent steak, oh, you'll be headed back for more. Damn. Love the show, love the podcast, am grateful for the mayor and his band of knuckleheads, your loyal GLer, Phil. Okay, that's, I'm not done. When daughter, 
Spencer, if you think you're getting an ad out of me today, you're crazy. <laughs> see, ya, son. see ya, buddy. When daughter number two in our tribe, Amanda, was a tyke, she began talking and never really stopped. She was dubbed Gabby, a nickname well-earned. On road trips for small slices of quiet, she was given very chewy beef jerky. Methinks Grundhoffers could help Joe out, develop a rookie silencing jerky for Joe to have on uh, for those days when silence is golden. Jerky called the rookie muffler, just saying. Ooh. Okay. Of course, or you could do that with the sweet and heat. They're all talking about Grunhofer's old fashioned meat market, wow. north end of Hugo on Highway 61. Uh, right now, ribeye. Listen, you're heading into Memorial Day weekend. Oh, yeah. Yes. Stock up. Ribeye burgers made with ribeye steak, mm. new sauerkraut, and these are burgers, new sauerkraut and cheddar, jalapeno cheddar, dill pickle, mushroom Swiss, bacon cheddar, black and blue cheese. That's what I'm going for. So basically, he's doing what he did with the brats. He's putting in his own special burger mixes. That's and a brilliant idea. Hickory smoked salmon, pastrami made in-house, beef briskets, and beef tri-tip roasts, which is the what the fellow is advocating. Uh, but and don't forget, it's a brat capital of the world, 130 brat flavors. These are pork brats. You grill them. You do not boil them. Uh, cut any way you want bacon. Cut any way you want steaks. And that huge variety of jerky. Oh, sweet and heat's the best. How, how come you get to be on his billboard outside the building there? Stop uh, in for the rookie. You got to know. You got the when, food guy. When you hit does, on a home run, you got to know. Does he? And if he doesn't, he should. Does he sell the grill mats that you and Height were talking about? Boy, I don't know. He could develop and patent his own kind of grill mat. Let me let me uh, let me rein you back in. Let me. These are professional meat cutters. They're in the meat business. They're not selling sundries. No, but they're. We're in not going to start getting business. into the appliance business here. <laughs> this is an old-fashioned meat market. Grunhaffers, oldfashionedmeats.com. Yeah. We'll be back. Are you ready for a different point of view? Say, this is Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. I'm here, as always, to answer your questions on stocks, bonds, mutual funds, what you should be doing with your retirement dollars. But of course, you do have to give me a call at 952-925-5608. With much market volatility on the horizon, you're going to need some help. So give me a call at 952-925-5608. You always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice from me. Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. I'm here to help you personally set your portfolio to deal with this upcoming volatility. So make a point to give me a call for a no cost, no obligation, 48 minute review at 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. Long about April, you can see it in the people's eyes. Reavers, here's a yep. little something for your beer show. Oh boy, that's tonight. Israeli researchers raised a glass Wednesday to celebrate a long brewing project of making beer and mead using yeasts extracted from ancient clay vessels, some over 5,000 years old. Archaeologists and microbiologists from the Israel Antiquities Authority and four Israeli universities teamed up to study yeast colonies found in microscopic pores in pottery fragments. The shards were found at Egyptian, Philistine, and Judean archaeological sites in Israel spanning 
from 3000 B.C. to the 4th century B.C., the scientists are touting the brews made from resurrected yeast as an important step in experimental archaeology, a field that seeks to reconstruct the past in order to better understand the flavor of the ancient world. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. So this, uh, as you say, yeast will uh, will 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 expand as if it were a... Uh, what is, how can I, uh, there's no, I have only one word for yeah, this. Yeah, this yeah. is, uh, this is wonderful. Uh, yeah. Excuse me, sir. What was the name of this Israel blend that you speak of? Uh, the new uh, redneck blend is uh, called uh, Hebrew and it is very good to drink yep. as the uh, plump, the plumpers from the, uh, from the area would always drink Israel light. That's right. That's right. <laughs> These are new flavors, Favorite aren't they, beer. sir? Yes, just like Redneck Thunder. Yeah. 6.5%. <laughs> yeah. In national elections this week, Australian voters rejected the Labor Party candidate who had campaigned on a platform of increasing taxes and a very aggressive climate change regulatory scheme, including having 49% of all energy derived from renewable energy by 2030. Of course, all the Australian media and polling organizations predicted that the environmental candidate would win, but somehow the conservative candidate managed to win once again. I, I hope this is a great lesson for our country. Uh, uh, this is written by Peggy Grand for Fox News. Mm -hmm. I've been in Australia this week and was fortunate to watch Scott Morrison be elected prime minister of Australia. President Trump promptly tweeted his congratulations, but here is why we as Americans should care far beyond that kind of nod of support for our close allies down under. As we have recently seen all around the world, the progressives and the leftist media have determined ScoMo, as, he's, as he is affectionately called by his supporters, to be dead on arrival. In fact, they called this election unwinnable. Bill Shorten, his opponent and leader of the Labor Party, had campaigned on a platform of adding a death tax, raising corporate tax rates, removing investment property tax deductions, and increasing regulations to stop climate change, including a 49% renewable energy target by 2030 in Australia. From an outsider perspective, that doesn't seem to be a winning platform, but it appeared to be a foregone conclusion that he would win and save Australia and therefore save the planet. Yet in my own informal polling of waiters and Uber drivers and cafe goers, it appeared the pollsters hadn't been talking to the people I was. I found very few people excited about the labor platform and even fewer who intended to vote for labor. In fact, many said if shortened one, they may look for somewhere else to call home, joking perhaps even Venezuela looked appealing. So confident was the establishment in a labor win that one individual in Australia waged a 1 million AUD bet on a labor win, and one of the betting agencies made payouts for a labor victory even before the election results started coming wow. again. So once again, how did the experts get it so wrong? In Australia, where voting is compulsory, there's a cynicism around politics in general. I find that Australians much prefer to talk about American politics and can tell me more about the U.S. political scene than their own. The sensational celebrity who is our president, Donald Trump, is like reality TV for Australians, though not surprising. The only news most people here get from him is the ridiculous and unflattering. The tweets, the mocking from the left, and the missteps all highlighted by his, ap his opposition. Uh, let's just c uh, cut to the chase here. Uh, these people uh, predicted that uh, Scott Bill Shorten, was predicted to win because he was going to save the earth. 
And he was with the Labor Party. But a, uh, uh, yeah, but a conservative Scott Morrison was elected prime minister of Australia because these these so-called Green New Deals, when you when you take them at the, into someone's home and actually sit down at the kitchen table and realize how much this stuff would cost, uh, there is no uh, there is no uh, evidence. It's like spending more on education and expecting uh, better results. There's no evidence that spending more is going to achieve better results in the academy, and there's no evidence that giving uh, politicians a free reign to create new revenue streams, right. which is all they're doing, will have anything to do with this vainglorious belief that they can change the climate. And the voters in Australia obviously awakened to that realization and said, the hell with you, Bill Shorten. Uh, we're not voting for you. For we're going to vote for a guy named Scott Morrison. We're not going to vote for rainbows and unicorns. Death tax, raising corporate tax rates, removing investment property tax deductions, increasing regulations to stop climate change. You can't stop the climate from changing. It's always changed. Oh, this is Positive Thursday. You've got to be careful. I had a thought. Isn't that nice that they did that? Yeah. And this stems from, you know, Bernie now. Big Burn wants to make a teacher's salary start at, was it 60 grand now? That's his big deal. Okay. So I was uh, having a discussion late yesterday with a uh, member of education, we'll just call her. Okay. I don't want to indict right. her because she she's actually a very good uh, member of the teacher's... Okay, Whatever. I'm indicting her. Why doesn't the educational system operate like the, either the NFL or the NBA, where there's a salary cap? You know, if you're based upon your years and whatnot, you're only allowed to spend this much. So a superintendent can't make $250,000 a year because that's where the vast majority of that school's budget is going towards. You'd have cap problems. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I like that idea. Based upon our conversation yesterday. Yeah. Where the, the school district is spending willy-nilly every dime that they can and everything's right. coming in over budget. Well, why aren't they, why aren't they all operating like a, a, a team would? Heading to D.C., right. Washington, D.C., Arlington uh, Memorial Cemetery for Memorial Day week. Plan on bringing my GLer, a former Sentinel, and his sergeant, a stogie from Sodi's. Is there one the mayor would suggest? Well, you can't go wrong at Sodi's because they're right. all these are all top drawer cigars. I happen to like Romeo and Julieta. I like Monte Cristo. I like I like H. Upman. The, but the people at Sodi's, it's a new cigar store and pipe store in Stillwater. You go east on thirty six to the last light, and you take a right on. Osgood. Osgood, and there's Sodi's, a fabulous new store with a fabulous new humidor. But here's the best part. They'll help you. Who wrote this uh, email? Uh, Chris. No, not Chris. Uh, Robin. 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 Robin, you get in there, and uh, you tell them where you're going, who you want to buy the cigars for, and they're going to take care of you. Uh, they absolutely know their stuff. They got all the equipment, too, all the extras, cutters, lighters, ashtrays. But here's the best part. You're not going to smell like a cigar when you come out of there right. because there's no smoking in the humidor room. They have created a smoking lounge with the highest-tech ventilation system they could they but could if, absolutely install if i want to go have a little cigar with some of the fellows i'm certainly uh i certainly can do that right on site there correct absolutely absolutely father's day graduation gifts but they've got the knowledge you need robin to pick out exactly what's right for you and even if you're a novice picking something out they'll help you uh memorial day weekend coming up uh, a great time to enjoy a cigar fishing on the golf course 
uh, grilling or uh, even going out to Washington, D.C. to see your buddies who uh, uh, stand guard at Arlington National Cemetery. Mm. Sodi Cigar and Pipe Store is the place to go. That would be SodiCigar.com. When we come back, I am am ready to accept my next challenge. Justice and the Suzerain. Say, GLers, tell your friends of, about GL and help them download it. Uh, apparently, that's a problem for some of these Neanderthals. But even I got it figured out, so it can't be that difficult. But it's even, it's cool to get email now, doing the show in podcast form, where we're getting new listeners all the time. It's so, it's fun. And they're, they're asking questions about some of the you know, we're things that we don't even think about that would need explaining. And if you want to be connected via social media, it's smart to not yes. only follow us on Facebook, we also have a Twitter page, at GL Podcast, which is manned by Reavers, Kenny, Mr. FYI, myself. So there's all sorts of different things that are always happening. A Joe, lot of interaction and mockery via the social of, media channels. Right. Uh, we let you in. <laughs> we let you in. May I uh, receive... My second challenge. Absolutely. Uh, I know how you're going to react to this video, but since I tripped you up last night, it's not that I want to give you a softball, yeah. but I, I want to go a little easier on you this week. But the reason I'm going to play this particular clip is it's going to make you more angry than it is going to make you uh, not find a way to make this positive. Why do you want to do that to me? Yeah, because that, that's my role it's here positive on, on Thursday. GL. So, uh, Can you get that off there, Roy? We have yeah. seen those clips of the, the Jimmy Kimmel, Man on the Street sure. uh, clips. And um, there's a lot of people out there that are have a lot of causes that they want to stand behind. Absolutely. Especially with the younger demographic. They want to save the planet. They want to save the species, as George Carlin so eloquently put it one time, save the trees, right. save the bees. And then he went into a profanity-laced right. tirade, which Please. we all love. Well, <clears throat> this took place about a week ago. Jimmy Kimmel had his man on the street go out and ask people if they cared about saving the Homo sapiens and preventing their own extinction. Mm-hmm. The big hop up issue right now in the environmental community are the Homo sapiens worth saving? What's your take? Yes. Why is that? <laughs> Just because there's a lot of animals that are extinct now that were amazing oh, back in the day, but like like dinosaurs, they extinct. And someday we could look back and be like, oh, we didn't save them. The Homo sapiens, right? Yeah. So we didn't save them, so like maybe they could be like the next dinosaur. Because the dinosaurs hunted, they killed each other and other creatures, so. So you're saying wow. let's not let the Homo sapiens become like the dinosaurs? Kind of. We have to find a way to live with the Homo sapiens in a way where we don't, you know, they don't affect us, we won't affect them, kind of like in a separation type of way. I don't know what a homo sapien is. If they're going extinct, that's very sad. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I don't care. Uh. <laughs> it's not the fact that I don't like homo sapiens. It's just that we've always lived without them, so we sure. don't know anything at all. Yeah. What would you be willing to give up to save the homo sapiens? Great question. Thank you. I think you just give what your heart. You give what you feel. Yep. Would you do $100 a month? No. Uh, I would say probably 50. Have you ever seen a homo sapien? You don't know, want to know. Yeah, I saw one once at the zoo. Describe it. Furry. Yep. 
big, mm-hmm. gorilla looking. He was picking his watchadilly. He was? Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen one do that. Well, I did. Is it worth saving them with our taxpayer oh. dollars? No, because we can use it better somewhere else than Homo sapiens. Like, basically, better our railroads or the streets or the communities and the homeless shelters. Much better than Homo sapiens. Homo sapiens. Let them die. Save the humans. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> spin it and hail you. Spin it here, big brah. <laughs> This is our future. Yes, he said don't. Uh oh. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. What is he doing? He's bummed out, is what he is. Oh, no, 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 he tried that last week. <laughs> Spin her up. Spin her up, bro. <laughs> Was I accurate in that it made you more angry, or did it make you more depressed? You know? <laughs> Joe, it is not easy being the mayor, is it? Well, uh, let's have a ruling. We're, uh, the masses are waiting out there. <laughs> Memorial Day weekend. I can't believe that. I can't believe how many people. You can? Seriously? It's really sad. It's it's really uh, disheartening. The one she says, "No, let him die. Let we him. need to save the human." <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you you. That's two weeks in a row. You got me. Uh, there's nothing. You're giving up. You can't find. There's really the only nothing. thing I would suggest. I mean, you're the one that's always introducing these cynical notes. Can that possibly be real? See. And I wondered the same thing. And they have writers. They got 15 writers on that staff. They went out and got some of their buddies and but fed them. Here's how I always look at it. The people that they, sure, of they, they probably ran across 200 people, but picked the six idiots that actually you yeah. know, came up with these answers. Right. That's probably how they did. And the other thing is, those actors aren't good enough to act that. That's too authentic for it to be. Uh, it seemed from the heart with their responses. Mm-hmm. I am very cynical because I wondered the same thing. Well, I'm, I'm just going to say that uh, I'm defeated. Uh, there's nothing positive about that. It's just, uh, it's just amazing. You know what else is really good to think about at a time like this? How about the one who saw one at the zoo? Sure. You know. <laughs> Boom. Picking his willa dilly. What well, you I don't got? know what that means. I know. I'm pretty but sure. But w- what I like to think about in a moment like this is, you know, you just heard, I believe it was six different people. Their vote counts just as much as yours. Wow. Well, doesn't AOC well know that? Oh, yeah. Who do you think voted for that crackpot? Oh, yeah. People who don't know what a homo sapien is. How I think it'd not, be fun to ask her. How do you not know what a homo sapien is? How, how, how can that know. avoid you in life? I don't know. It's That's, a gay sapien, isn't it? <laughs> and these, were all, these weren't all 23-year-olds. There was a few people that were in their 40s, and I think that the last woman was in her 50s. This is biology 101, isn't it? How you doing? Yeah. You bailed like a little sissy. You, you just kept your head down, and you couldn't, even, you couldn't do anything with that. Hail the flashlight king. Hail, Hail you. you. I've been fascinated the past few years when reading the personal histories of the brave men and women of the greatest generation when their amazing stories have shown up in newspaper and online obituaries. 
just think, these guys died for these kind of people who uh-huh. don't know. Wow. Yep. Uh, these were ordinary young men and women who gave up their daily lives to go off to war to toil endlessly on the home front to save the world from oppression, real oppression. They won the war, came back to their ordinary lives, and quietly built the greatest country the world has ever seen. I understand that recognizing a great living American usually coincides with their passing and recounting the sacrifices they made, their bravery, and how they helped build the USA we all know and love. As we approach the Memorial Day weekend, we'd like to make a special request. I am an Army veteran, and my wife is a retired Naval officer. We have strikingly similar stories about our fathers and would like to nominate them as great living Americans. They did not live long enough to have their stories told in recent years when so many others of the greatest generation have been recognized at the time of their passing. Even though it has been decades since they passed, we believe they are worthy of GLA status. Briefly, here are their stories. My father, Nicholas M. Flepson, grew up in Cold Spring, Minnesota, joined the Army, and went off to war via Fort Snelling shortly after getting married in 1942. He served in the Philippines where he contracted tuberculosis. Mm. After spending many months recuperating in Army hospitals, he was medically retired and returned to civil life where he raised a family and built a a successful business in St. Cloud. He died of lung disease at the age of 57. Harold J. uh, Vasura, my wife's father, grew up in Jackson, Minnesota and also joined the Army at a young age. He, too, left for war via Fort Snelling shortly after getting married in 1942. He joined the Red Bull Division to fight in Europe and was seriously injured when accidentally being run over by an Army tank. Oh. After World War II, he served in Korea and continued his military career in the Army Reserve. He also returned from the war to raise a family, contribute to his St. Cloud community, and help build the country. Country. His wartime injuries affected him the rest of his life until he died also at the age of 57. Oh. Both men are heroes in our hearts and gave their lives not on the battlefield, but years later, probably exacerbated by wartime injuries or illnesses that shortened their lives. Lieutenant Nicholas M. Flepson now rests in peace at St. Boniface Catholic Cemetery in Cold Spring, Minnesota, only six blocks from the local town ball field and a stone's throw from the Cold Spring Brewery where he worked as a teenager. Major Harold J. Vasura now rests peacefully in Good Shepherd Cemetery in Jackson, Minnesota, where he was born and grew up. We could go into much greater detail of the many exploits and accomplishments of these two men and wonderful fathers they were. We we think, just a minute, we think, uh, we think them, uh, just a minute. We could go into much greater detail of the many exploits and accomplishments of these two men and the wonderful fathers they were. We think of them each and every day and respectfully make this request to honor the many others who can be counted as dying too young as a result of wartime injuries or illnesses that they never spoke of. Sincerely submitted, loyal podcast listeners Mike Flapson and Gene Vasura in Duluth. Get honor these two guys with a racist. That's right. They deserve this. You know what I find interesting about this? I think Mike is a frequent emailer when they're down in Phoenix over the winter. They're in Duluth now. Ah. You know what I find interesting about this? I've always marveled at the guys who got terribly injured in World War II and and then lived to be 95. Oh, yeah, right, right. Uh, the truth is, it's probably more common 
that those significantly injured did die young. It's just that when you hear of one who was, you know, hey, his arm got shot off and he got, uh, you know, sepsis in uh, Germany in 1943, you you, you think, holy mackerel, how did they make it to 95? Uh, But but the truth, uh, the unfortunate truth is probably probably more more than not died early. From right, their injuries. Right, right. I mean, how do you make it to 57 after getting run over by a tank? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Tanks ain't light. No, they're not light. And if I heard that correctly, when he got, after he was run over by the tank, he went back to battle. Yeah, he went to Korea and wow. stayed there. Yeah. So, yes, they have achieved, uh, to answer Mike's question, of course, they are now officially, uh, in the uh, in the annals of garage logic, they are great living Americans. And speaking of that, uh, great tomball story. The Cold no. Spring uh, oh. b- Ballpark. I'm just kidding. I was oh, okay. trying to tease I thought rookie. you were going to. I was just trying to tease hey. but, that, but that brewery is now, I think, 3rd Street. That's 3rd Street Brew House in Cold Spring. Did you, uh, speaking of tanks, did you ever hear these guys, the Ghost Soldiers? No. And I was watching this on Channel 2 the other night. And what they did is they put blow-up tanks to fool the Germans. Yeah. They were inflatable tanks. Yeah. So the Germans, they were all lined up. The Germans thought, oh, this is going to, they're going to. They're coming. Yes. And they had sounds. Somebody had the uh, the sounds of, of, you know, tanks rolling and ammunition being set. It was the greatest. Uh, it's just called Ghost Soldiers. You can find it on uh, PBS. If you get a chance, watch it. Do you know who had a great role in the invention of the tank? Who? No. Winston Churchill. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, because he was just that great of a guy. He was, he could do anything, and he came up with the tank idea. Came up with the tank idea. You know who uh, I guarantee was the creator behind the blow-up tank? The rookie of that infantry. That is so something you would do. Yes. Hey, I got an idea, fellas. Instead of, instead of going to battle, let's blow up the tank. Paint, let's paint some tanks. <laughs> yes. Hail the flashlight king. Hail you. Uh, who wrote this? Tom, when the government tells you they are going to make the world a better place, just remember what they did to a gas can. And then he says, thank goodness for the good gas cans from Dennis Kirk. Mm. I also got a note from a guy who said, uh, long-time caller, first-time emailer, great transition to the podcast. I've already been out on the bike but realized I needed brake pads. Dennis Kirk hooked me up easy peasy. We're talking about Minnesota's own Dennis Kirk, a trusted retailer of parts for you and your bike. Doesn't make any difference what kind of bike you have because they have more than 160,000 products in stock. Guaranteed best prices, fast same-day shipping, $89 order ship free. If you buy a helmet or an apparel item and it doesn't fit or you get FFLF when you bring it home. Yeah, that's happened to me many a times. Not a problem. DennisKirk.com will even pay the return shipping. And at DennisKirk.com, order by 8 p.m. today and get it tomorrow. So that means you order by, well, if you're listening to this podcast today, Thursday, May 23rd, and you get your order in by 8 o'clock tonight, Mm -hmm. you'll have whatever you need ready for your Memorial Day weekend. Because they're the best in the business. Best in the business. Doesn't make any difference what kind of bike you ride. Harley, cruiser, sport bike, off-road, on-road. They have it. And if you're in a hurry, I said, place an order by 8 o'clock today. You'll get it tomorrow. DennisKirk.com.
And now, a man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Suchere. You are already in party mode, aren't you? Uh, let it begin. <laughs> what's, gonna, um, what's beginning? My, no. my friend that, that works at the airport does not have a shift tonight. Yeah. I and, knew it. I knew it. And that's a dangerous community. We're going. We're going a little festive. I got two kids graduating from college on Saturday from St. Kate's and the University of St. Thomas, and I think it's going to be a weekend of fun. Hey, you really do? Those kids are graduating this weekend. Yes, Saturday. Did you get the molars? Oh, that's a really. There's good still idea. time. That's oh, a great plenty of time. idea. When you visit any RF molar location between now and June 29th, you're going to get 50 bucks off your watch overhaul. Why? Because you got to take care of these watches. Right. These are heirlooms that you're going to pass down to members of your family. You got to think of them like a high tech car. Get get in there and get the tune up. Those are parts that wear and tear in those uh, watches, and they can be cleaned or replaced. And Moeller has a Rolex trained watchmakers on duty, not watchmakers. Watch watch mechanics. They yeah, got watch fixers. mechanics. It's kind of a, a kind of a garage logic. But I could go there and get like a charm bracelet or something like that for a graduation, yeah, couldn't you, I? You've got graduations coming up. You've got weddings coming up, anniversaries, and engagements. There's a there's many reasons why uh, Moeller's been my choice for over 30 years. And, you know, I don't say, I, I haven't said that over my career much about a, a, a particular place, but it's no. true. I've known and then become friends with the guy. They're the official jewelry stores of, of Garage Logic. RF Moeller Jewelers at 50th in France and Edina. The flagship where Dad started it 66 years ago at Ford and Cleveland in St. Paul. Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis or online at RF Moeller. Dot com rookie you get your sorry ass over there you got two kids graduating from college yeah, you're right. this weekend yeah, you're right i so, gotta do that so what you're saying is you're getting a raise yeah after right. this weekend yep, exactly <laughs> no they've got they, they and you should say this about molars too they have the expensive stuff the high price items but they also have very because i've i've purchased there for years well, thanks for my wife what you're saying is they'll work with your budget yes yeah I, I, i've never been they never turned down a sale with me no, they're in the business to embrace the customer. Right. Say, uh, Chick-fil-A has excellent customer service, apparently. Uh, they must be careful in who they hire. They must They must want quality people that well, work for it. For the fast food industry, that's, uh, that's really good. Well, here's an employee at a Tennessee Chick-fil-A who went above and beyond the duties. What'd they do? Brian Hall was waiting in the drive-thru at the chain restaurant's East Ridge, Tennessee location on May 11 when he got a flat tire. He posted this on Facebook. That's when an unnamed employee came out to assist him. My tire somehow went flat in the drive-thru, so they rushed out to replace it for me with their hydraulic jack, Hall wrote. Hmm. Hall shared a photo of the carrying employee to, uh, in action with Fox 8. Hey, There it is. There's a picture. Tennessee Chick-fil-A employee changes drive-thru customer's tire. There it is right there. Yep. Right there. Yep. Uh, not only did the employee make sure Hall was able to get back on the road, uh, the establishment, well, see, they print my, it printed funny. Huh. Uh, they made sure he left with the, his meal, the freshest hot food. Okay. They brought it out to me after it was done. Replace my food with new fresh food. Oh, he had already gotten his food, but it became cold, so they replaced his meal. Oh, that's cool. no charge. Good. That's Pretty cool. Good. Uh, uh, those people are truly doing the Lord's work over there. However, this isn't the first time Chick-fil-A employees have stepped in to serve as an impromptu pit crew. According to the chain's blog, back in 2017, a franchise operator in Denver saw a stalled car in the drive-thru. The operator and other employees pushed the car to the parking lot and jumped it. They then provided the customer with their usual order once they realized they were regulars. 
Later that same day, the same group of employees helped a local journalist change a flat tire in the parking lot. Now, the smart-ass response to this would be, I'm sure they checked first to make sure this guy was heterosexual. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> because Chick-fil-A gets this just this terrible, terrible press from the uh, mm-hmm. Mysterians because the, the uh, company's founders had the audacity uh, to believe in some basic Christian values. Uh, that doesn't mean Chick-fil-A denies service to anyone, nor have no, they ever. No. But they get ridiculed. Mm-hmm. They get ridiculed for holding up a moral, uh, and uh, they have an ethic and a morality. Well, they get, and they get ridiculed. They get ridiculed it. because it's it's nothing but grandstanding by people that want to look holier than 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 others. It's an easy target for the, the euphorians. I did that once, by the way. Flat Change tire? tire? Mm-hmm, of a customer uh, when I was a high school kid. But I did it because I wanted to get out of the store. I was getting bored. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I did. I've uh, I've never changed the tire of anybody else. Hail what? the flashlight king of anybody else. Hail the flashlight king. Hail, Hail you. you. I'm a longtime lister with a CI of 26. Now well, that's pathetic. What I lack in cylinders, I make up for with magazine capacity. Feel free to have Kenny decipher that for you, as long as he's done dreaming of partying with Bill Clinton. I was so disappointed nobody segued into a Sodi cigar spot after he was talking about his dream of Clinton. Clinton, get it? Oval Office, cigars? Oh, never mind. I've been a lifelong shove-backer. I gave up pushing years ago. I've come to the realization that today's society completely lost their minds. We are witnessing the results of the participation trophy generation infiltrating into government. Our great country's historical past is quickly being erased to appease those who can't understand that once histories are forgotten, they are bound to be repeated. I'll just keep on shoving back as best as one man can. But here's why I'm writing. Yeah. Here's a possible million-dollar idea for you, and it could very well be the solution to a problem that has plagued you for some time. I've come up with the perfect way to handle a bog when it comes to rest where it's unwanted in a lake. What caused the bog to show up there in the first place? Why? It's wind. Wind showed it in the first place. My solution is very simple and more cost-effective than paying the big money for a flying skill saw. Airboats. Take two airboats and run them up onto the middle of that bog. Throw out a couple of ropes with those hooks they snag bodies with. That's an unpleasant thought. Then pour on the coals. I guarantee you those boats could get that bog moving. And if the euphorians complain about fossil fuel usage and loud noises from the airboats, just head right for their dock, cut that line, make a hard right turn, and let it glide on in. Or let them move the bog by strapping a bunch of sailboards to it. Either way, it's a win-win. Joe, keep doing what you do. It helps keep our sanity. You and the crew are the best entertainment on whatever medium you're on. Please tell John to keep playing his guitar whenever he can. It sounds fantastic. But please, no more singing. I will be patronizing the businesses that advertise on your program, especially Grunhoffers, uh, as soon as I possibly can. Well, don't forget Sodies, and don't forget EcoFun, and don't right. forget Dennis Kirk, and mm-hmm. don't forget Moeller, and don't forget Aquaside. Frass. Frats, uh, thanks again. Longtime logician, continual shovebacker, forty-eight hour master, expert on bovine scatology, scatology, uh, whatever, and lifelong uh, euphorian, Not lifelong furian. F, I'll oh, get it. So, uh, Jim and Duluth. He was opposed what, to euphorian. What is the the bovine? That must be a, what is a, a good griller, probably, maybe, huh? Maybe that's it. A maybe fine griller. It. Maybe mm-hmm. that's it. And don't forget, anytime between now and June 29th, take your watch into any RF Moeller jewelry store, jeweler. And uh, $50 off your watch overhaul. That's not insignificant. And you're, the watch you're going to bring in really could use that tune-up. 50th in France in Edina, Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul. 
Gabba Day Common in downtown Minneapolis or online at rfmoller.com. And don't worry, if there's an opener tomorrow... We got you covered. We, we, we're going to have you covered. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, are you sure we're all covered? Because if there is, we're... But it has to, the 70 degrees has to hit while the show is being produced. I understand. Understood. Understood. All right, GLers. Uh, in fact, I just pulled this up on the big screen, garagelogic.com. There's ways you can contact us. You can also get all the prior episodes if you're catching up. But the great feature is the features button where you hit that and up appears Author's Corner, the Listener Map, GL Comics, and upcoming Garage Logic events. The latest and greatest comic from Mr. Greg Holcomb is up and Adam, and man, does he ever capture Garage Logic in its finest. Garage Logic, hey, if you want to be an advertiser, you want to have one of us do one of your spots here, Suchi Boy, Reavers, Mr. Height, me, Kenny. Contact us through garagelogic.com. We love our sponsors. Garage Logic podcast version. Thank you, veterans. Happy Memorial Day.